Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. Hello, property magicians. How are you? So welcome to episode 112 of the Property Magicians Podcast. Wow, in episode 112, if you've just joined us, my name is Vanille Magwapa. I am the host for the show. I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so they can find love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. You can find me under Wealthy Money on Facebook. Find me under Vanille Magwapa on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. And with me is my incredible co-host. <laughs> Hi there, hi there, Property Magicians. I am the co-host of Property Magicians podcast. So very welcome. I am Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mama. I am a property mentor for beginner mentors, for beginner mentees. So I take you from fear, anxiety, and hesitance about investing in property to buying your first property or maybe scaling from one property or two properties to a proper portfolio. And I am the co-founder of Wealthy Ones Property Stockfell. Very exciting times. We are on deal four. And Wealthy Ones Property Stockfell is actually the sponsor of Property Magicians Podcast. We are doing the fourth deal. You're going to hear all about it. Um, we are fine. We are helping providing equity to a developer that develops um, housing for the gap market, what is something called the gap market. You're going to hear all the details. If you follow follow us on our social media, Dr. Miranda underscore PropDocMom on Instagram or at PropDocMom, my Facebook page. And um, follow Vangile on Wealthy Money, Wealthy hyphen money. On the Wealthy Money group, I share quite okay. a bit. So quite I a bit. Facebook and go okay. on Wealthy Money. Yesterday I was sharing our um, free workbook, which is available for download, which we never mentioned on this podcast. Oh my goodness, <laughs> we keep forgetting to do that. Yeah, so Three or four times a week in the Wealthy Money sure. Facebook So... When you guys are in there, you will get all that information and people are genuinely loving it. Misa and I have put to put together last year already, which we never mentioned because we've always got so much going on, right? With the yeah. podcast and now with the stock file. But we put together a 10-step uh, guide to help in this, uh, investors, uh, beginner investors. Beginner investors, yeah. And today's show blew us away. It was the most hilarious show we've made, we've done. And <laughs> we've got a construction episode for you guys. We keep telling you, we're going to up-level this podcast. So we've mm. had quantity surveyors, we've had architects, we've got, we've had developers, and we've never had actually someone who actually does the construction of these properties. So this podcast is going to blow you away stuff you didn't know about construction what to look for in a contractor why a good contractor 
is different from a bad one and necessarily maybe they are not bad they just don't know what they don't know you know the difference between residential and commercial and industrial construction you are in for such a treat for such a treat yeah yeah so guys without further ado let's hand over to Brittany. Hi, Brittany. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, guys. It's, it's such an honor to be here with you guys. Oh, yay. <laughs> We're already talking. We almost did half of the podcast outside of this, guys. Hi, Brittany. Please yeah, I, was, I was about to get up. I thought we're done, you know. <laughs> <laughs> My big complaint. My big complaint is that you should mm-hmm. have brought your dad. But I we'll talk have. about that now. Yeah, no, we will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Rumi, please tell us who are you as a soul? How do you define yourself as a soul? And then tell us what you do. Oh, who is this guy? Hey? Yeah, um, who's this guy? <laughs> uh, who's, whose song is it that I've been listening to um, recently? Um, oh, man, I'll, I'll remember the name of the song now, but he, uh, he basically. One part of the lyrics, he says, you know, the, the look too long in the mirror, and you'll find yourself a stranger. Um, oh my god! Which is, uh, yeah, something something to, to think about quite often every time I listen to that song. But anyway, nonetheless, uh, who's Brinny? So uh, Brinny is a boy who was uh, born in Tembisa, raised How? in Legare. Okay. Um, uh, but originally from Burgersford via descendancy. So my father is from Burgersford. Mm-hmm. small uh, village in Burgersfall called Daum. Um, yeah. uh, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, it's not Daum. My mom so, yeah. went to a boarding school in Daum. The one in Burgersfall? Oh, wow. Because I know there's two Daums. There's the one in the Northwest and then there's one here in Limbobo. Oh, the one here? Wow. Oh, wow, wow, wow. That's so cool. Because we grew up thinking of Burgersford and Daung as like the tiniest towns you'll ever find anywhere. Uh, they are, Shane. They um, are. You sneeze, you pass them. Exactly. <laughs> Don't close your eyes when you drive through the town, my dad would say. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So, um, I think I, I like to refer to myself as a corporate communicationist by profession. But okay. um, uh, a born entrepreneur by, by okay. passion, yeah, and and that's just what I've I've, I've done my whole life, man. Um, I had my first job at age thirteen. Don't say that too loud because uh, apparently that's <laughs> below working age in this country. Um, <laughs> I had my first yeah. business at at the age of sixteen, yeah, and I've just been going from there, man. I've I've, I've done a couple of, of of things on TV. I've done radio for a little bit. Okay. Um, I've, I've worked corporate for a little bit, and but ultimately here I am now saving, well, in 2012, I came in to save uh, what was my dad's dream or what is still my dad's dream, um, yeah. having giving up my dreams. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit later, about how my dad sold his one and only last Bucky um, yeah. to pay for my varsity fees so I could be able to go in varsity. So oh. him putting his dreams on the line to be able to save mine and... Um, in 2012, I then decided to to leave corporate to be able to go and return the favor and save my dad's dream. And yeah, man, that's that's, that's pretty much who Bernie is as a as a human. Oh I'm yes, working. I'm a father. <laughs> Always okay. forget that part. Yes, I'm a father. Um, yeah, yeah. 
what was this part, what was this dream that you were saving of your dad? That is interesting. Now that's juicy. <laughs> so around 2010, my dad started talking about retiring, right? And he okay. started talking about wanting to um, close the business down and all of that because no one in the family wanted to take the business over. So at the time, whilst the, the business wasn't struggling, but it wasn't doing that well, you know, it was really? it, it had become a bit like a, sub, a subsistence farm. Um, business was was having the family living hand to mouth, and my dad thought, oh, you know what, I'm just going to pack this up, and everyone can 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 find their own way out. He's 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 had his good innings in the business, and he's ready to to let it go. Mm -hmm. At the time, it was called Abram Construction, and okay. I then I then said to him, I said, no, look, I, I can take this business over, um, and he said, no, 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 you know, focus on your studies, make sure you get a good. Um, a good education and you can get yourself a good job or whatever, but let this business go. So I then at the time approached a, a friend of mine who, whose name form, or forms still till today part of um, the name of the business, although he's no longer uh, a part of the business. And I said to him, I said, do you want to start a construction business? And he said, well, I, I don't know much about construction or whatever. And I said, yeah, well, I mean, you, you're quite good with numbers. Um, you're studying towards this. And um, I've got I've got the knowledge, the site knowledge, or the little bit of site knowledge that I have acquired over the years from my father. And, you know, between the two of us, we could probably make it work. But here's the interesting part. You and I are going to target my dad's clients. So we're going to do yeah. a hostile takeover of the business, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he thought, well, if you think it can work, then great. So I went to my dad one last time. I said, listen, let me take over the business. Yeah. And and he said, no, 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 focus on your studies. So I said, all right, cool, no problem. And then we, we then we started um, ABV in 2012, right? Okay. So, so we incorporated him in the name of the business from the word go, because we knew that we would get the takeover right and that it would still encompass his vision, his dreams, and it, it would be part of, yeah. of his business. Right. And that's exactly what I started doing. I, as soon as the business was registered, I went after my dad's clients and one after the other, I closed every single one of them. And then eventually when there was no class left in Abram construction, I went to my dad, I said, I think this is a good time to now move over to ABV. And that's how it started. <laughs> oh, wow. So, uh, so you had like to my... take over of your dad's customer base. Yeah, so <laughs> I pretty much went out on a, on a limb to prove to him that I can actually do this. You know, I mean, so I'm the last oh, one in the family. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you know, most the last one, but it's Farajwan. They, they they treat you like a little egg, and they think, no, let's let's not expose him to too much, and you know. So, functional <laughs> <laughs> strategy. But here's my complaint. Mm. Yes. Before he before you moved him to to, to from his Abram construction, you yeah. didn't buy anything, including his database. Gonna get database. People pay for that. Did you pay yes, him for I that? These are the benefits of living under the same roof as the owner. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm conversations over your entire country. I'm like, hey, can, can, can I go with you to your meetings today? Yeah, sure. Let's go. I'm like, uh-huh. Uh, you know you owe him. You owe him. People yeah. kill for this data, for heaven's sake. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so what did your dad say when he saw all this happening? 
no, look, I mean, he was obviously taken, he was, he was taken away, you know, and he said, listen, um, now, you know, sorry, first of all, he apologized for, for not believing in the fact that we could probably do the problem. Sure. Um, and then, and then from there, I mean, he, he gave his, his, his support and commitment. He said, listen, guys, whatever you need, I'm here, you know, um, I'll bring the teams, yeah. I'll bring the resources, I'll bring whatever you guys need. Awesome. And then let's run the business. And, awesome. and that was it. And then he said, oh, what does ABV mean? And I said, oh, the A is for Avra. And he was like, oh, that is so awesome. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> that is amazing. But tell yeah. me, though, how much did you honestly know about construction at the time, besides being a good communicator and a serial yeah. entrepreneur? Because someone who's listening is thinking, yeah, but he grew up in construction. He probably knew everything. How yeah. much did you really know? Look, the honest truth is, all I knew is that I know how to sell. Ah, that's it. You know, that's it. And um, I think from 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 day one, the strategy uh, was, let's get the clients. My dad will do the work. You know, that was it, it was <laughs> it was always that clear to say, right? You know, I've got no idea how 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 bricks are laid or how deep the foundation must be. Or, you know. <laughs> but I do know I can land the clients, you know. All right. Um, and that's exactly how it went. Yeah. And the second thing, the V in the APV, how much construction did he really know? As much as I did, which was... <laughs> I love the story, Bridget. I yeah. really do. Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it comes, it comes down to that. Is it Napoleon Hill who says, um, you know, if you're going to wait for, for, the, for, the, for the right time, you're just yeah. never going to start because there's, there's just never a right time. So true. But, so oh, true. Jump in and get going. Eh? <laughs> jump in and get going. <laughs> so true. Yeah. So true. Uh, okay. Then. So tell us, really, um, Walk us through the very first clients that you had, how are building the construction business. I'm sure people are really, now that we're asking about this, yeah. I'm sure everyone's like, how did you make this happen? What were some of the hurdles that you guys faced, especially yeah. given that you didn't know much about construction? Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the clients, whilst I thought I was a great salesman, a lot of them also just gave us opportunity because they knew oh, this is Abraham's son. Surely it's Abraham's yeah. going to be doing the work, right? So yeah. I don't want to um, take that away from, from, from the reputation of Abraham construction. Uh, but the, the first job that we personally managed was a, a client by the name of Mark. I hope this is okay with Poppy. Yeah. <laughs> Mark and Randberg. And it was a small little job, uh, build a small piece of, of, of the boundary wall that had collapsed, reconnect the shade nets, off you go. Easy, in and out job. Thought to myself, and I said to my partner at the time, I said, you know what, we're going to do this. We'll start with my dad. We'll bring him in and say, listen, check what a great job we've done here. He's going to be super chuffed and everything is going to go according to plan. We built the wall, collapsed a couple of days later, right on top of Mark's oh. brand new Alfa Romeo GT. Oh my god! Absolute mess. Mark didn't even phone us. He phoned my dad directly. He said, listen, I need to the um, lighty, the lighty oh, has done a crap job. <laughs> oh, it was it was so embarrassing. Uh, it, it was nerve-wracking. I was scared. 
Alfa Romeo GT, I think, was in the country for about six months at the time. It was a brand, brand, brand new car. My dad said to me, he said, you want to go to town with me? I said, yeah, let's go. And he said, yeah, cool. I just need to pop into this client quickly. I was like, yeah, what car are we driving to Mark's house? <laughs> there we go. Pull into Mark's house. He's like, whoa, what's, what's going on here? And Mark's like, yeah, well, there you go. That's, that's the issue. Yeah. The wall is on the car. And yeah. I learned, I learned a lot from there. Then you start from learning there. all the wow. compliance that is required in the business, the insurances that you need to have in the business. And then right. from there, then, then we started learning. You know, my dad then started saying, well, what did you do? What did you not do? This is how it's actually meant to happen. And then, sure. I, then I started working with my dad on site. And I started doing the digging and I started doing the lifting of bricks. And I actually did the hard labor because he said the yeah. best way for you to learn is to actually do it. You know, dig a trench. Uh, dig the foundation. Know how long it takes so that if you have yeah. to manage someone in a week from now, you you know exactly what the expectation should be. You know, don't give people unrealistic that. targets. And um, yeah, I love that. I love wow. that. Wow, this is so it is. Uh, right? I just have a follow up question on that. Sorry to interrupt on this, Miss. I am now taking your <laughs> Um. Can you, you said that you learned a lot from that. Can you please get more detailed, Brittany, to just say what are some of the things that you learned? Could you just say, oh, you need insurance first, but what are yeah. some of the actual things that you need to learn so that our listeners can know when they're dealing with construct with construction people what to look out for? So there's this, there's this, um, there's this, Connotative understanding of construction that ah they, they, oh, there's easy work in construction or ah, this this is just a small job you know yeah. there is no small job in construction there is no easy job in construction and I think in any industry in fact you you really need to know what you're doing you know sure. um, I mean we thought it was a, I think that job was like ten thousand rand it it really wasn't a lot <laughs> you know um, but that's that's the exact mindset that got us into trouble thinking yeah. that ah, it's just a small yana, you know, we can quickly just, you know, you, you can't MacGyver your way through life. <laughs> you, you can't, you know. Oh, um, well, we do try. We all <laughs> yeah, they do, right? <laughs> uh, like like I've, I've often heard the, the saying, peace job, you know. Hey, it was fun, I got peace job. Peace job, yana, you know. I'm a peace job. Job or get job, you know, you got to give it to all. And yeah. that's where that's where you learn that the effort that goes into a 10,000 rand job is the same effort that goes into a 10 million rand job. It's just amplified mm-hmm. over the different uh, trades and, and all of that. So I think the biggest lesson there is do not underestimate the task that is before you. You know, don't go in there with half information expecting full results. Yo, this... You know, as you're saying this, this makes me think of how we have, how many guests have we had on the show, Misa, that are like, they got the details and the plans, and then they were just like, I'm going to renovate this in six months because that's what I'm told. And <laughs> two years later, the person is still the site and doing things. Yeah. It's insane. I, I mean, a lot of our clients, they'll ask, how long is this going to take? And if I say to them, it's going to take two weeks, then... Often they'll say, oh, okay, so it's going to take a month. And I said, I just said two weeks. And they said, no, 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 we know how contractors work, you know. You always add, you always double the time that a contractor tells you. And 
unfortunately or fortunately, that's not the case with ABV. We have really become time precious contractors. If we say two weeks, it's two weeks. And, wow. that, and that's how we've become known now in the industry because of wanting to bash that exact um, stigma to say that contractors will never finish on time. Oh, if you want to get into a fight, the quickest person you can fight with is your builder. I mean, like, these oh, are things that... <laughs> that's where I'm at. My biggest trauma. You know? No, but that's the thing. I mean, if, if you ask my mother today, she's 80. The only yeah. thing she remembers is Owen, the constructor. Yeah. I mean, that guy traumatized all of us. Now, I would never have spoken about property 10 years ago. Just don't yeah. even say any, any time 10 years yeah. ago because contractors, to me, were just a no-no. It's like those people don't touch them. Eh? Don't mm. touch them. That's mm. why Anakidi takes the driver like. Ooh, right. They don't finish on time. They don't, they don't. price right. They, yeah. the, the project's <laughs> always money hungry towards the end. They, okay. they, they draw out too much money before the job is finished. Sure. You know, all of these things, which I mean, sure. we then have gone and tried to do it the other way around. So right. my, my dad's business was very much focused in the residential sector. Yeah. And when I took over in 2012, I then flipped it on its head. I said, listen, we're going to go 80-20, 20% 20 residential, 80% retail, commercial, commercial mining, yeah. um, you know, industrial. We're going to yeah. we, we're going corporate. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm tired of, of dealing with Mr. Whoever, whoever during the day who says that the paintwork, it looks great and it's gray. And then his wife <laughs> pointing me at 10 o'clock at night saying this wall looks blue. You know, so like, <laughs> it's like these, <laughs> these are the challenges that, that, that contractors face. Okay. <laughs> but okay. at the same time, the, the regulations around it is also so different. I mean, you try being two weeks late on a commercial project and see what happens to you. Oh, wow. Are there repercussions for that? What's that? Are there repercussions for being late on a commercial project? Because like Mizo, I'm used to dealing with, like, we do residential, so our contractors basically, they run the show. <laughs> no, no, no. So absolutely. I mean, so so the, the contracts, first of all, in, in the commercial space that run these things are a little bit different to the ones in the residential space. Sure. And they are and they are late penalties for sure. Either way, you know, if, if the client is late to give you information, you as a contractor can charge penalties towards the client. Um, yeah. And if you are late on delivering the project as per the agreed completion date, I mean, barring uh, late weather uh, um, delays and all of that, but, you know, the, the timelines are very important and, and time really is money in construction. More yeah. so in the corporate and commercial side. That corporate. I mean, just imagine if, just imagine building a, 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 a retail outlet or a food franchise, and they pay thousands of rands for a billboard to promise their millions of consumers that we are going to open on the tenth of Jan, and on the tenth of Jan you're still waffling around with towels on site. Like, what must happen to that loss of income? They need to get it from somewhere. They're going to get it from you. That's for sure. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I've I've only I've only been involved in like three maybe, but it was building of clinics, right? Mm. And because the contract is handled somewhere else, I don't have to think about the detail, even though yeah. I watch my project plan because you know when equipment must move in, when patients yeah. need to be seen. But mm. yeah, you're talking about such 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 an important thing. What yeah. is the financial process in construction, actually? 
do you come up with the money or do you, who, who finances a, a, a commercial and industrial projects, uh, Brini? How, how does it work? Where does so, the layout, the yeah, financial layout come from, from beginning to end? So, so once again, um, commercial and residential spaces work completely different here. And um, I think a lot of residential people, it's another reason why they don't like contractors or they don't like builders because you, you, how many times have you heard someone say the builder ran away with my money? Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> too often, right? Because the, the first of all, you know, I, I hate this term, but actually let me just say, first of all, the smaller contractors, right? It's like the, the yeah. startups, the, the really small startups, um, they go in there, there's, there's no actual cash flow so they'll ask oh. the client for a deposit um, normally in the region of about 50 percent now imagine if you're doing a half a million rand add-on to your home you're giving the stranger a quarter of a million rand and you're trusting that you're going to see him again tomorrow morning right that's yeah. the <laughs> that is the residential side on the on the commercial side once again depending on the contract that you're using but most of the time use the contractor will outlay the capital Okay. to get to what we call your first claim. Or you would outlay capital to buy the materials required for the, the project. Sure. And yeah. once it's on site, you would then submit a claim called an MOS or a materials on site claim. All right, yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then that's how you start to then um, have the cash flow running in, in, in the business. So, and then to help with this, we've got regulatory bodies. So, for example, there's oh. something called the CIDB. Um, and that's graded from grade one to grade nine. And basically what that tells you amongst a couple other things, but the most important thing it tells you is the financial capacity of the contractor that you're dealing with. So, okay. so the different grades have different uh, project value maximums. So you, if you go and you appoint a grade one contractor to do a 20 million rand project where you should have probably given that to a grade four, grade five contractor, that's right. your problem. You know, they've given oh, you the grades and okay. they know what, what, is, oh, what it is. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So cash flow is a sensitive topic, actually. You know, like... Oh, it, it is, um, no? It's very sensitive. It's very, very sensitive. Because, I mean, also as, as contractors, you know, it's, it's also... It's that thing you go and you study for, for five years. You come out. You've got a, a degree which is worth five or six years, whatever it is. And the first job you apply for, they say they want 10 years experience. It's like, where was I getting this? Where do you get it from? But do banks banks give you the money for MOS? Where do you guys get the capital outlay for materials on site? Is it it even a thing? Where do you even apply for it? In the mortgage section? In the commercial section? Where? So the client, so so you as the client, I mean, would deal with the bank. I as the um, contractor, unless I've got a funder, I, I must have that liquidity. Okay. Hmm. Really? Yes. So um, the wow. Okay. Yeah. So you'll see, in, in, there's there's there's, there's um, people have actually made a business out of funding some of these projects. They they call yes. themselves PO. PO funders, they call themselves, you know? Yeah. So people have got a purchase order, then they expect it to deliver. You go there right. with your purchase order as surety and you sign a session with them. They'll, they'll advance you the money that you need to carry out the project. But other than that, I mean, then you just really need to have the, the liquidity in, sitting in your bank. You need to have the cash in bank. Absolutely. 
well, I want to be a PO funder now. <laughs> <laughs> it's very risky. It's very risky. <laughs> Tell us what makes it so risky. What's that? What makes it so risky? Well, I mean, I mean let's have a look at body that keeps you guys up to standard and I come and someone tells me you're a grade five or whatever the highest grade contractor is. Yeah, grade nine. So, so I mean, so, so let's take it this way, Evangile. Um, you're a PO funder. Where, um, Miso is my client. I'm the contractor, mm-hmm. right? As, as mm-hmm. way of an example. I don't have the money to do Miso's project. I come to you and say, Vance, won't you please, um, here's our PO, it's 5 million rand. We need um, 2 million to get to MOS, right? Sure. You give mm-hmm. us the, 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 the 2 million rand. We actually only buy half a million rand worth of materials to, to, oh. to on, on Miso's side and, 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 and we hit it. So yes, you do have the PO, but Miso's saying, but I need 2 million rand worth of materials on site before I can pay you the money. Right. Right. So, but, but things are changing, right? So now um, some clients, well, some PO funders are talking directly to the client to say, sure. okay, cool, this is what we need. And then they're paying suppliers directly to say, okay, cool, whichever supplier we're buying the bricks, cement from, we'll pay them directly and make sure they get to site. But the, the cash portion that the contractor always has to handle, pay his people and pay whatever oh. accounts that there are, the cash element of it. I mean, it's, it becomes quite a, a job for you now. Now you're not only a pure funder. Now you must run this guy's admin department as well. Like it's yeah, you know, it it really well, becomes quite cumbersome. I see, I see, I see. And you are dealing, yeah. Okay, Ben, yeah. do you want to go? <laughs> yeah. So, oh wow, I'm so fascinated by <laughs> me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> It's so it's so interesting. So, can you tell us a bit more, uh, really, about what do contractors actually do? The really good contractors, because right now, as I look, I realize that <laughs> for a grade of a contractor, yes, you know, uh, yes. is there a certificate that goes with that? And tell us more about this insurance. So. If I am the person, an investor, and I'm building a project and I'm working on a project, do I yeah. go to a contractor and say, do you have the insurance? And what kind of insurance am I looking for if I'm doing sure. maybe an apartment building versus a retail building? Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, so, so, so the big, then. <laughs> it is a good question. Um, and I, I think the, the best thing always is, is to not skimp on professional fees, right? So don't 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 always want to take the, the risk of dealing with the contractor directly. Remember, you you're a fish in the water when it comes to that because you're not a contractor, you're not from the built environment, you're a person who's sitting with cash who wants to develop, right? Thank so you you what we call an end user, right? Yeah. Um get a good professional team in place. So get yourself an independent quantity surveyor, someone who's independent of the contractor who's sure. going to be able to, to help you put this project of yours out on tender. Now, that right. tender document is what's going to help you be able to choose the best contractor because the quantity surveyor is in the industry. He will know that once he's priced, once he's co- co- compiled a bill of quantities for you and priced it, because he will have to price it so he can be able to give you an estimate 
of what the project's going to cost. He will then, from that, he can do all that work for you. So he'll say, okay, cool. This is a 100 million rand project. So we should probably be giving it to uh, this kind of great contractor. It's a residential uh, block of flats that you're wanting to build. So we're definitely going to need to enroll this with the NHBRC. So that is going to be a requirement for the contractor we're going to find. He must be registered with the NHBRC. Um, is it going to be advantageous to have any other associations involved? Um, like what, what there's an association called the Masters Builders Association, which right. also just gives um, a, a contractor more credibility. Right. Um, then, then, they, then they start going into other things. So they'll say, okay, cool, 100 million rand contract, what's the limit of the liability? Then they'll be able to, to, to work that out for you and say, okay, cool, on 100 million rand, maybe we want 50 million rand public liability. And we yeah. want uh, 50 million rand defective workmanship cover, and we want a construction guarantee from the from the contractor that might be able to to win this project. So, yeah. so, so a professional team will be able to to make your project almost almost bulletproof, right? In the sense that the the quantity surveyor will work closely with the architect, who will then go out onto tender for for you. Um, contractors will submit. They'll help you adjudicate or they'll adjudicate on your behalf. And say, listen, we recommend that we move with this contractor based on this, that, and the other thing. Other requirements in that tender document will obviously be past experience, um, Mm. completion certificates, which is very important. I can't tell you how many contractors have started contracts but not completed them. So that's why people look for appointment letters and completion certificates, reference letters from clients. Oh, okay. um, so that's what a completion certificate is. It tells you the, the fact that a contractor has finished a job. He finished the job. The client signed off on it. The professional team signed off on it. Right. He, we got the, the service that we paid for. He got his money. Everyone's happy and off we go. Absolutely. So just yeah. because I'm building um, a 12-unit 12, a 12 uh a development in, 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 in Orlando East doesn't yes. give me the right to skimp on such and get that they only go calling to be the one who constructs for me. Yeah. I've been asked so many, so many times, you know, <laughs> people will say to me, they say, um, <laughs> and, and I'll say to them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, Kids, you know, yeah. uh, like you're just <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Kids, it's, it's is room 10 squares. Is his room 10 squares? You know, where's your, where's your drawing? You know, is kid room? No, really? Is it room tile? We're here to help our people. We're here to educate our people. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, and, and this is what I was saying earlier to say that there's no small door, you know? So clients are also like, how about it's just a But it's not the first time we are hearing this. Um, There's a guy who came who is a quantity surveyor. He says, and you guys, and he's Mm -hmm. pointing at us, and he's like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Miran, 
there you are mm-hmm. building a whole two million rent house. But you, mm-hmm. you want to do it with some guy you don't mm-hmm. know. He's never mm-hmm. counted number of bricks. Oh. And he's right. Absolutely. Yes. I'm going to get... Is a guy your aunt, your grandmother. There's also this thing, guys. Ne? Price ya guy. Or price ya guys. Oh. I'm like... I'm like, okay, sharp. So when I walk into my my my, my supplier, I must be like, cool. I, I need the same bags of cement that I bought for that corporate building, but this time you need a price like us. Like, <laughs> you know, how does it work? How does it work? Eh? So you, you you want you want you want the quality about the like a price like us. How am I supposed to do that? How, really? how do I do that? If someone can help me, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Tell me how. I'll do it. I'll do it. I promise I'll do it. <laughs> when I grew up in Soweto, yes. there mm-hmm. used to be a notice board. I remember when we came <laughs> at the particular corner when yes. we are going to school, goes on to mm-hmm. Kotiklu. It used to say yeah. two room and garage, 29,999. <laughs> <laughs> so don't come here. This is how it goes, though, you guys. As a patient, it's always like that, right? It's like, oh, he goes for the next door neighbor. And he touches this life. Now, when I go, I ask for that same price. I even say things like that. I'll be like, no, my friend bought this amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but but, but your friend built 10 years ago. I know. I know. Guys, I hope you <laughs> are amazing. listening. But I remember <laughs> this very well. The QS that came on. I can't see Joe, see Joe. Sijo told us about yeah. this and he's a quantity surveyor mm. and he was very, very adamant and, and 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 I remember him putting us down. He says, especially you guys who go to school and then you mm. want to live in a suburb with houses worth 3.5 million, but mm. then you don't go and get a quantity surveyor. And then, of course, Ndade Elias has never counted bricks yeah. for a, a retainer wall. Yes. And then your your foundation has to be to be reinforced a certain way he doesn't know how to quantify that and that's yeah. exactly what we do i i, I really appreciate it. it's the funniest part of the this interview <laughs> but it yeah. absolutely tells you the truth of about us <clears throat> so this is this is funny but tell us tell us now 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 that we're talking about Cito. so tell us yeah. the west client you've had in terms of construction <laughs> the, worst, the one that you have it probably will be a residential but it's fine it's fine even if it's a commercial well, enough, built, it is a commercial um it is a commercial or, or it was yeah. a commercial site right and um it was just yeah, from 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 the word go, things just did not go as intended. You know, right, um, right. Meaning, uh, you know, like the the client wasn't ready, uh, drawings weren't right, 
Um, oh, okay. Just just a lot of stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. And then eventually, like I said, you know, in corporate, there's different types of contracts. Sure. Um, eventually, as a, as a contractor, as much as the client would enforce their, their, their um, rights to start claiming from you, yeah. we then started enforcing our right to, to claim. And yeah, eventually, we just both parted ways and it was, it was, in fact, so now we're still, we're still engaging in terms of trying to sort this thing out. So it's, it's a mess. And then mm. I must say it, um, it's very heartbreaking for me because it was the first site that we've ever had to walk away from under those really? kind of circumstances. Right. And dis- despite, despite the difficulties, we still conveyed our willingness to complete the project because that's, right. that's just what we're about. You know, we want to finish. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, speedy sir, I'm happy to be a teacher. So you can't That's, really force yourself on onto another. I don't yes. know how to put it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, uh, yeah, I mean that 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 for me it was the worst. I mean, there's there's a lot of challenging projects, and that's the way I like it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I say to my project managers all the time that once give one hour, the team likes you. I'm going to move yeah. you to another site because project manager isn't the person that's meant to be liked. You know, you're the person who's chasing timelines, you're chasing targets, everyone totally. thinks you're being unreasonable, but you're not, you know. Totally. So, so yeah, so I, I love challenging projects. That's what it's supposed to be about. It's never supposed to be easy, um, but it's supposed to be challenging. But at the end of the day, when we're offsite, we're all meant to be able to go to the local pub, have a drink together, and know what the site is done, you know? Yeah. Mm. yeah, I like that. When you say mm. drawings were not right, how can a drawing not be right, Brini? Yeah, I'm, I'm not in construction, so for me, yes. it's like, yeah. Mm. Yes. So, so, so you have a, a particular set of drawings, then there's changes mm. to those drawings, but, you, but your architect isn't making the changes in time for the contractor to be able to complete the, that, that scope see. of work, for example. Um, or you find that so in, in, in construction, there's things called set-out points. You find that on your drawings, your set-out point is incorrect or doesn't work for the actual site. Your architect's meant to go back and change that set-out, but they, they take so long and change the set-out point that by the time they, it gets back, you are sitting and waiting. And as a contractor, you remember that you, you, you have these things called preliminary and general costs. And those costs are, are the costs of your site toilets, site containers, your site foreman construction manager it's the resources oh. that you throw towards the project that and it's costs that you wouldn't otherwise have if you didn't have this project right of course um, if i wasn't building your house vangile i wouldn't have to have two chemical toilets sitting outside your house yeah now i've got chemical toilets sitting outside your house but i've got no one using those chemical toilets because i'm sure. waiting for your qs to come back to me with an answer Okay, but Someone that must cause so much friction then with the client because sometimes they don't understand this, right? Yeah, it does, and this is why um, I said don't skimp on professional teams. I don't see. skimp on that because okay. your professional team would have told you we're not ready to start this project. We're not ready to go live, right? Okay. Right. Yeah, with the contractor, right. guys, touch touches the move. Eh? Yeah. Touch is a move. Yeah, it's like playing chess. You, you touch that piece, you must move it. You must <laughs> move it. <laughs> you must move and, it. Because and, and all these 
yeah, and all these tools, all these 15 wheelbarrows and and the bag at say 15, where do they come mm. from? Is that part of your preliminary costs? Is it, do you own all of them? No, so a lot, a lot of them should be owned, but yeah. I mean, there's a lot of tool hiring companies out there. You yeah. know, I don't want to mention any names because no yeah, one is paying course. me for free advertising yet. <laughs> yet, 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 yet. You must bring yeah. them to us. <laughs> but um, the, the, you can hire tools, but it's 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 not cost effective. So, okay. like I normally say when I speak to a lot of people, reinvest, 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 reinvest. Um, the money you make in the beginning isn't really your money. Yours. You know, the, um, have, pay yourself a salary as an entrepreneur. Be an employee to the business. The fact that you own it is a, is, is 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 an added bonus to yourself, um, not to your pocket. Have your own purse. Let the business have its own purse. Now, there's many mm-hmm. times where the, the, the I've looked at the business and be like, yo, because now I'm broke. I can And you know, <laughs> whilst you have access to that money, you just don't use it. It's not your money. Um, it's not yours. Yeah, it's not your money. You know, take that money, buy tools and equipment, things that you use often. You know, I mean. Don't go and buy a whole concrete mixer if you don't deal with concrete a lot of the times, you know. Yeah. That's something that you can go and hire. But if you know yeah. that you're digging fiber lines, like how long are you going to hire big gear for? You know, buy yeah. it, own it, you know. Yeah. 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 I remember DJ's Wu saying, if you spend, if own the things that you spend most of your money on. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. I like that. I like yeah. that very much. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. My goodness. So sometimes I'm like, mm, maybe not. Can't own a private jet. Don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's only you can hire. Unless are you flying to meetings every day, eh? Every day, go yeah. in a little meeting. <laughs> no, I just thinking I spent most of my money on air tickets. So I just like, that just kind of hit me. I was like, no, don't want to mm. own a Either, not just can't. Just, <laughs> <laughs> but you gotta own it, man. You gotta own it. You gotta own it. <laughs> but Brini, has mm. has your being involved in construction led you into real estate as a natural? Um, do you do you own pieces of real estate? Was it did it come with the construction, or did you? How did it? How did it come about? Yeah, so I mean, I think construction and, and real estate are, are, are two siblings, you know, they, they, they work very much hand in hand, uh, more especially because as a contractor, eventually you want to do your own developments, right? Um, and own those developments or sell them right. off and own a portion of them. So yes, right. I do I do own uh, pockets of, 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 of a small property portfolio of my own, which I am trying to grow as well. Um, mm-hmm. I've got, I've got, I've got land in Burgersfort, where I'm from originally. Uh, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I've, I've got property in KZN. I've got property here in Joburg. I'm trying to buy property in the northwest. Um, ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm trying to have property in all nine provinces. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all of different use. So the the provinces that have the uh, larger varsities, I want to try and get in more with the student accommodation. Um, the the more holiday set out uh, destinations. I'm trying to have more suitable um, uh, units that people can use as Airbnbs. Um, the more remote locations, I'm trying to to have accommodation that 
contractors and consultants can be able to to call home when they're working far away from from what they would otherwise call home Absolutely. so and then most importantly one that we're working on at the moment actually we're trying to we're, we're trying to modernize uh, the rooms um, yeah. so yeah <laughs> so wow. we have a, we're trying to to develop um, in townships um mm. but but real decent um accommodation, decent accommodation. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. it yeah that mm. is so good to hear that is so good to hear yeah ben do you have another do you have something yeah, else I have, um my last question so really i wanted to find out about the rest of the members in your team as a contractor we know that yeah. you guys a QS, right? But in-house, who do you guys have in your company and why? Why is it important to have those team members? Yeah. Was <laughs> so, so, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you um, how it should be traditionally and I'll tell you how I run it and then I'll mm-hmm. tell you the, why um, I run it that way. So okay. traditionally in a construction company, you would have an in-house professional team. So you would have an in-house quantity surveyor, you'd have an in-house architect or um, uh, draftsman. You would have um, an estimator, you'd have a buyer. Um, what else would you want to have? You would have a, a project manager, you'd have a construction mm-hmm. manager, you'd have a site agent, you'd have a site foreman, um, you would have a site clerk, you would have a storeman. Yeah. Typically, that's, mm. that, that's what you would want to have in-house in terms of running a, a project. Of course. Mm. Now, what I um, decided to do around 2000 and I think it was, must have been 19, 18, around mm-hmm. there, we decided to, to put everyone on an outsource agreement oh. and, yeah, and, and, and make it project-driven. Right, so to say, when we have a project, we will we will outsource the architect, we'll outsource the QS, we'll we'll outsource the whole professional team, right? Bring uh-huh. them together for the purpose of the project, pay them well according to the scale, um, and once the project is done, we will disband the project. Now, the reason we did that is I was trying to reduce the overheads of the business as as yeah. a set off point. The second thing is I didn't want to be stuck with a certain type of uh, QS or a certain QS. type of architect. I wanted the freedom mm-hmm. to be able to say, I'm looking for a QS that has retail experience. And I can go out there and find a QS that has retail experience, bring him in. He's a specialist QS in retail. Instead of uh, me trying to take my residential QS mm-hmm. and have him learning retail. Right? Ooh. Yeah. That, um, is, that is such a great move. And the and and that move came in so handy when COVID hit because I had a cool. salary bill of one. Wow! I just had I, I had a salary bill of one, you know, um, yeah. and and obviously from that cost saving, then we were able to say, who are the people that aren't privileged enough to be contract uh, contract driven that we can help yeah. during this time, which are yeah. the guys that are on site, your bricklayers, our laborers. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, 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 and then we were able to say, cool, then these are the guys that we can we can pay a, a live, livable salary or stipend to, 
during this time, you know, yeah. um, because they don't have that luxury of working from home all of a sudden or doing this sure. or doing that. Sure. But yeah, luckily it didn't last long for us because when we dropped to um, level four, the, level four, you a lot more essentials that move around. And yeah, so sure. that was great. So we were able to then get the guys back on site. Um, yeah, and I mean, there's was, was a lot of work during that time right? because no one was in the offices. Uh, so, um, Geezers aren't being used, water isn't being used, so geezers are, were, were popping, ceilings getting I, damaged. You know, like you. Was, Whoa. Yeah, it was hectic. Eh? It really, it really was, was bad. Really was, was bad. I didn't even used. realize that there was a lot of work for you guys at that time. There the was. That you'd be grounded, nothing happening, because no one is, a, is in the office, but this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, doesn't I, it? It was a lot of work. I must, I must say, you know, um, from the time I took over from my dad in 2012, I've been able to grow the business about three, four hundred percent year on year. But uh, 2020, 2021, best years of of, of this business of in the, the history, ten years in the history wow. in, in the history since 1986 in the history of this business. No you know, way. Um, yeah, so we've been really, really fortunate. I mean, we're not, we're not, we're not uh, blind to the fact that a lot of industries have suffered um, during this right. time, and we're very, we're very sympathetic and empathetic because there, there's a lot of companies that we actually knew personally that went out of business. Right. Um, and 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 I remember saying to to a friend of mine, saying, you know, having your competitors go out of business isn't a good thing, more especially in a pandemic. Um, so there were some of our competitors that we tried to to help. Some of them we did manage to help keep their doors open, which is absolutely fantastic. You need competitors in the environment. It's like wanting to be the only guy Kasiwatamanga C63. That's not a mark of success. It's a problem. It's a real, it real problem. It is a problem. It How is can a problem. Be the only one more guys? You know what I'm saying? Like, hmm. and, and and so we help these guys, and and we hmm. understand that. You know, um, mm. we might we, we might be on the upshot sure. now, yeah. so we must we must extend a hand. We're going to need a hand again in the future, and and, and that's how and that's how it goes. Eh? Yeah. Okay. Mm. Wow, I'm so glad that you yeah. actually um, spoke about that. Oh, yeah. that is so important. Yeah. And, oh, sorry, Vance. Just... Let me. Hey, Vance. Let me maybe unpack that a little bit. Uh, I, I can see how it could leave some people. Uh, confused as to why would you want to save your your competitors, right? So, right. So, so there's things barriers of entry into any market, right? And in any market, there's what you call the fear of new entrants, right? Or the risk yeah. of new entrants, right? Okay. So, the three of us are selling popcorn for for a market related price. Maybe you, you're selling it for ten rand. I'm selling it for eleven rand. Misa is selling it for for ten rand fifty. It, it's not. There's no price collusion. It's just it's the ongoing market rate. I mean that's the that's the that's the going rate in the market. Here comes um, company X, which is a new entrant. It's got no experience in terms of where to buy these things of a good quality. So it's bringing in inferior products, which are cheaper, right? But it's an inferior product, and they're able to then sell the popcorn bag at eight rand. The client goes for the eight rand bag. By the time the client realizes that this is an inferior product, where are the three of our businesses? Collapsed. Correct. Wow. And what does that do to the industry? What does it do to the market? You know? It's so, yeah. yeah. 
It does. Yeah. It does. Oh my goodness, that is such an incredible thing to say. And what about mm. networks in construction? Um, who do you network with? Only QSs and architects. You don't talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> I talk to anyone and everyone who's willing to talk. I mean, uh, I'm, so I'm not. I'm not just tied to, to to talking about construction and and, and the professional side <laughs> of it at all. You know. Um, I, I go to a lot of events. Um, I'm on a lot of programs. So, okay. in fact, uh, last year we won uh, Business of the Year for Attack and, and Growth Point uh, through their Property Point program. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh, wow. That is um, awesome. Hey, that's a big deal. That yeah, is a big thanks, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, we get to engage with, with, with a lot of other businesses as well across different markets, um, sure. different industries. And, and yeah, I mean, it's uh, we know, for example, that we follow car sales, right? Because um, cement follows car sales and cement is in our industry. So oh, car, sales, car sales start to boom. We know that construction is I didn't is know that. Yeah. I did not know this is <laughs> so, so it's market analytics, you know, is to, to understand their market and know what exactly, what, what, what trade are you following, you know? Um, who follows the, who? The castles follow the cement or the cement follows the castle? No, no, the cement follows the castles. So, oh, so wow. when, we start seeing, when we start seeing people buying new cars, for us it's a good sign. We know that there's money flowing in the market and that as soon as people, uh, once they've bought the new car, we know that next up they're going to renovate. I don't know if they're building a new garage for the new baby or what's the story, but... <laughs> But generally, when when, when there's when there's so fascinating uh, when people have um, a little bit of extra liquidity, their vehicles is generally the first thing that they change. So the first thing that people buy when they have extra cash tends to be cars. Yeah, so so I mean this is based on our research. Hey, eh? um, don't quote me as mm -hmm. the gospel, um, <laughs> but our research has our research has found that um, when car sales boom. We, we, it's normally about a, a four or five month lag behind it. Um, then we then 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 we start booming as well. That is fascinating. And that what is. are you seeing now in terms of twenty twenty two? Look, in I mean, for us, we, we forecast this to be a, an extremely tough year. Um, okay. In fact, we we think that this country, if not the world, may be on the brink of another recession. Sure. Um, so, so for us as a business, I mean, we, we're very cautious once again with our spend. Um, we're very cautious in terms of the projects that we're taking on. Okay. Um, so as much as, as much as a client or an investor can choose their contractor, we as a contractor can also choose our client. If you mm. look like a risky client in terms of payment and um, honoring your side of the deal, we probably won't take that project on. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so, I mean, we, we're very, very cautious at the moment, um, investing wisely. Um, and, and the smartest investment that we've always said is, is to invest in our people. And that's what we continue to do. Um, sure. Because when, when, <laughs> when work dries up, what you, you want a good, solid team around you that's going to help you go out there and find new work and find the right Absolutely. clients to be able to keep the business afloat and keep it moving. Absolutely. So, yeah. And I can just see that bricklayer, hey? 
because you know yeah. your bricklayer can make or break you as well right yes yes he may be the lowest ranking um employee there but he is the person that 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 shows the quality that you 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 insist on yeah Brittany, yeah. this has been so fascinating like beyond i yeah. am <laughs> yeah I said who knew construction was so interesting? Like it's just, yeah, it is, <laughs> eh? it is. It's, it's, it's very stressful. Now check all these gray hairs popping out here, but uh, <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> uh, very very stressful, but very rewarding as well. It's, it's really a fulfilling industry to be in. Love, yeah. I love I love how what you guys do because you bring the architect's work to life mm, and and, and my goodness the the current designs that we see right now I'm I'm just mm. so happy I'm just yeah. so happy because I can choose anything you know yes. houses used to be yes. so the same in the old days Brinny I'm yeah. full I don't know about Van I'm also full like I feel like <laughs> Brinny so we can definitely move on to the next segment of the show. 100%, guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> on to the next segment of our show, magical feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Welcome to Magical Feedback. Um, I'm going to have Nizo start us off as usual. <laughs> Guys, this magical feedback, our takeaways are actually our own discoveries. I don't know how you felt then. It felt like everything was everything was like a revelation and another revelation and another revelation. Really, really loved it. Really, really awesome. So let's tell you what uh, Brini Mpoho taught us. Um, my number one is, did you know that how to choose a good contractor actually begins with choosing the other team members around that contractor? Sure. Good, yeah. The professionals that you get, the architect makes the contractor look good as the contractor makes the, the architect mm -hmm. look good. Because if drawings have to be changed, they have to be changed on time so that the contractor can plan from material to manpower to the stuff that he needs to get from the hardware store, right? The quantity yeah. surveyor, guys, the guy who counts the quantities, how many bricks, how many cement, how much sand and how much, what type of sand makes the contractor a good contractor and you know and then there are other things that the contractor of course has to do very well their quality of bricklaying and whatever and they have they need to have had some completion certificates from several of their projects to show that they are a contractor who begins and ends a job and some reference letters i thought that mm. is such a good thing to look for when you when you enter into a huge development with a with a contractor, that's my number one reason. Isn't it just? Isn't that just incredible? It is. I am so like I am in love with it. Hey, 
Yeah. I love that takeaway. Um, my first takeaway is just, you know, before we did the podcast, you guys, we had this incredible conversation with Brinny Upline. And um, I had read up on ABB construction before. And for me, what interested me was that his father was the one that ran ABB, right? And that his father had this business, had a construction business before. And I just said to him, you know what? You can't leave a job to your kids. But when we start businesses, you can leave a business to your child. You can step and just how he was able to then step into the role. He didn't, it was like, I can work and take over from my dad, you know? So this is, so I want to just, um, my takeaway is, Entrepreneurship, much as I lament about not having had a payslip ever for like except 18 years, uh, 18 months of my adult life, <laughs> I still believe in Misa's laughing so hard, you guys. I I do, like I lament about that because I'm like, bonuses, what the hell? <laughs> but the beauty, the thing that I love about entrepreneurship is that this a business is something that you get to leave to your children. So it's another way that it's one less headache about, oh my gosh, my child will not be employable, you know? So you can teach kids from a young age how to take over this business. So I think that is so, so powerful that nothing against jobs or employment, right? But just saying that let's not forget that on top of property, a business is another legacy that we get to leave to our children. Oh, man. Just, and and isn't it just, I mean, he shared even more that and how he set up when he started. He came with his fresh ideas indeed, but where did he begin? It was an easy reach because his father already had some clients you know and that's where he started from and that's what you can do you can imagine i can't leave now my mbchb what is she gonna do with it exactly she wasn't trained trained as a medical doctor love love that takeaway and by the way yesterday the business was turning 10 years old (laughs) the abv was turning 10 years old he shared that with us that was incredible i am so like all over the place about my takeaways because there are so many of them. Let's pick one. <laughs> Let's pick one. Um, Bryony said something about you cannot MacGyver your way through life. That means mm-hmm. you can't you can't go and simulate MacGyver. Mm-hmm. Remember the superhero. And what he has done is he. First, he had his dad as a mentor, but he also formally paid a mentor who understands construction. Number two, he knew what he wanted to do. Now that he was taking the chance and leaving his comfortable corporate job, and he was taking over and setting up this construction as his main business, he took up a mentor. He paid for a mentor, paid for a mentor, underlined that. Because what are you going to do? He knew nothing about construction. Yep. 
but mm. he is a relationship forming person. He's a communicate corporate communicator, and he knew he could sell. You know, mm. when you know the stuff that you know and the stuff that you do not know, then you go and supplement them by getting a mentor and surrounding yourself with people who know more than you do. I think we keep repeating this, but there is power in getting a coach, you know. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so much power in getting a coach. I really, I mean, that lesson for me is I never lost. In all areas of our lives, right? Like I, I keep saying this, that it's, but I feel like all the guests keep telling us this, right? Ooh. You know, it's that the power of, for me, it's not even about the power of getting a coach. It's, I'll put it this way. For me, when why I have all this incredible support around me is that it reinforces constantly to me that, I believe in myself enough to invest in myself, you know? So I always tell like I think on the Magic podcast, I interviewed one of, uh, not I think, on episode 56, I interviewed one of my coaches, Lisa, and she helped me understand, um, well, now she helped me understand. She talks about how, like, when I reached out to her, I didn't even think twice, even when she gave me her $10,000 fee. I was just like, no, I love what you're about. And I love the fact that you're a Black woman and I want a coach like that. Absolutely. And for me, when, when we're talking on the podcast, for me, it was a no-brainer because, again, it was that, like, I feel like I am, like, I want that kind of support because I believe in myself. Sure. to have that and sure. I know that having that kind of support just reinforces what I can achieve and what I can do for myself so it's not even about the coach it's not about the coaching I never think about the, the coach or any of that when I like the coach yes obviously and when I believe they can take me there yes that's the important thing but the most important thing is that I'm like this is for me I'm not doing it for the other person. I'm doing it for me because I want to bet on myself. Mm. It is betting on yourself. It is really betting on yourself because I the, the 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 constant times that I pick up the phone to speak to my coach, it mm. is whenever I want to, I want to see when I want her to see the blind spots that I'm not seeing. So it. Every time, it's always about me, you know. The, the battle is always against yourself. So then, what's your number two? Okay, so my number two takeaway is, oh gosh, what I had it on me just now. Oh, yes, it's the fact that he, his first um, attempt with a client, the car fell like the wall that they built felt on a felon and Alfa Romeo, right? And so what this is my takeaway, and I think I've had several takeaways on this podcast around this, was how he didn't give up, you know? Like every time, so I think when I started in business, I used to think that I was the only one that was facing these horrible struggles or that I was the only one that had gone through something so major, right? But the truth is we don't know what we don't know. And mm -hmm. that's just a fact, right? 
And so I absolutely adore that he went to his dad and was like, I really don't know, teach me. And my takeaway was that instead of giving up, he actually went into the trenches. He went from, this is easy, to I am going to learn. Because sometimes, and here's the thing, sometimes we need, so my takeaway is sometimes we need such a huge mistake. Yes open up to the fact that we genuinely do not know. (laughs) That is is my major takeaway. And that you, it's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. Yeah. So I love that. And I'm always going to remember that story because one of the things that I always think when I'm going through something is, oh, okay, it's not so bad. I'm sure I'm not the only human in the world that has ever gone through this. And it kind of calms me down. And then I go to my coaches and I start screaming. (laughs) I call me so. Like I leave my long long voice notes. Long voice notes. (laughs) But what's funny about those voice notes as well, then, I don't know if you've noticed yourself, you you are most of the time you're just reflecting you're just reflecting because by the end of the day sometimes you send voice notes right through the day by the end of the day you've got into solution even before i say anything i'm like yes then okay then you're going okay yeah go to bed a little bit I mean, half the time, it just kills me. I'm like, she sorted her own problem. Good. She just needed Yeah, I do go in a spiral until I do. We all do that. (laughs) We all do that. It is such, it is such a, but it's it's good also to have people that you can reflect on where you can have a full Mm -hmm. own blown out moment because and I think with my coach as well that's exactly what I do and she's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she doesn't say anything it is the most funniest thing and he's and she says yeah and you know you know what to do it so frustrates me when she says that <laughs> but she knows she knows um like I said my revelation about the construction business I am just going to share them here in case you decide maybe tomorrow you want to give up your job and go and open a construction company. Please know that you need to be liquid because there are things called preliminary preliminary costs. There is something called a set out point that an architect has to give you. You need compliance certificates. You need insurance. And, you know, and it's things that Brini didn't know. And he hadn't asked his father who was right there next to him, right there next to him. And those are the kind of things that, and then when you think, okay, I'm going to take some money from the client and I'm only going to buy half of the material and think you can just MacGyver your way through. Mm. You need material on site. And when you are dealing with commercial contracts, they will hold you to timelines. They will hold you to quality. And they will hold they will hold your invoice because the amount of material is not equal to what they have paid you. Because you know, there are these people, there are people who who they the companies that hire you will have a capital projects manager who comes on site, who actually mm-hmm. knows know how 
how know, knows how to count the material and can quantify the amount of work that you will be able to do. So you can jeeper your way around, right? I thought that was such a good lesson when you think I'm going to open a construction company and buy 10 bricks and build a two million rent. Love, love this. Love, love this. Thank you for sharing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. My final takeaway is that they made more money during COVID than. That's a revelation. Right? Yes. That for me is crazy. And a part of that also comes from the fact in how Brenny structured his business before. So my takeaway is twofold is that. Yeah. One, you can make money during a crisis, you know? Um, yeah. I have like a whole quote from... You do. Don't <laughs> but like the falling that read, there's a line in Gone with the Wind when I was reading the book that I remembered forever. And right. one of Red Butler says that you make more money from the breakdown of a nation than the building up of a nation. And I've always remembered that, um, but you can make money when a nation is being built up. So uh, during, pandemic, during a pandemic, so many people made money, right? And made more money than ever before. And Brittany is one of them. Yeah. So for me, that was incredible, but also it depends on how you structure your structure business. Structure your business. My big takeaway is you get to build your business any way that you want. There is no one way to do a thing. I say this often. You do it mm -hmm. in a way that works for you. So mm -hmm. Brittany has this incredible construction business, but he's built it in a way that is completely different and in a way that works for him so that he doesn't have to always have the overheads of salaries. And that's what saved him during COVID. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And and remember then, there, there is a gentleman who converted the Pactonian Hotel, um, yeah. the one who, who, who won't come to our podcast, but we yeah. hope one day, one day, he converted the Pactonian Hotel into apartments that he could sell. And mm. they did all that reno for the, in the seven months of lockdown, just yeah. after the hard lockdown was released and when mm -hmm. we were on level three and four, they they converted those hotel rooms into, it is, wherever there is a crisis, there's an opportunity. There's a war in Russia as we speak right now, Russia mm -hmm. and Ukraine, and there is an opportunity for someone. We know some paramedics who work in the Ukraine and this is exactly yeah. when they are required. So there is, it's a very painful thing to look at, but it yeah. is just a reminder as a human being, and that's what builds resilience to say, wherever there's a crisis, somebody, somewhere is seeing also an opportunity so not to give up so easily. Love that. Oh, I love that, Miso. Can I just end it by saying that maybe it's the same even within our own personal crisis. It's not it just out there, but like when we are facing our biggest crisis, maybe we are also on the like edge of recipes we are we are we actually are right mm -hmm. and we don't see it at the moment and sometimes it, it builds your 
you know, a, a strength in you that you didn't know. You have the potency to actually start again or whatever it is. I really, this this was like one of the best in, in 2022, wasn't it? We really enjoyed wow. it. Really. Oh, yeah. my God. And without further ado, let's move on to the next segment of the show. Now on to the journey to magical expansion, where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. Hey, Property Magician. So in the next segment of the show, Nizo's going to kick us off with her favorite question. This is the journey to magical expansion. We ask the same five personal questions to our guests. So, Brini, what book changed your life? It can be a business book. It can be a fable story. It can be a novel. What would you say a book that changed your life? Uh, for me, it's, I think it's going to be two books. Mm-hmm. So, um, one is Animal Farm. As much as everyone has read that in school, Try reading it again now as, as an adult, as a working professional, um, and, and you'll have a completely different outlook on, on, on animal form. And the, and the other one is Who Moved My Cheese? Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. Good. You're good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read it since high school, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, give it a read. Eh? You'll you'll see all those characters. Um, you you can actually yeah. now put faces to to those characters. Yeah, for sure. Oh wow, that is that is interesting. So guys, let's do that. <laughs> it's such a short read. I remember that very well. It's from yeah. school, but such an easy read. So yeah. I only do easy books, Shem. Don't be fooled by hey, what you see here. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I, I do easy reads. Eh? Yo. Easy, easy. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. I understand. Although, obviously, I. <laughs> <laughs> we can see <laughs> with the glasses, the events that I know here. Here, reports. Here, here, here. He's another level. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, tell us what keeps you inspired. What keeps me inspired? Sure. This is a one would one would think this is an easy question, but it, it really isn't. Um, one does need to apply their mind. But uh, I'll, I think what what's, what keeps me inspired is being able to get up every day and go and do something different. So at any given yeah. time, we're running um, multiple sites, and okay. every site is different, right? Um, sure. So. One of the my failures in corporate was that I couldn't stay in one department for 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 longer than four or five months. Right. Um, I, I do have a short concentration span. Um, yeah. But but as short as it is, it, it's so detailed and it and it and it's in high definition. You know. Sure. So I need sure. not be in a, in, on a site for longer than an hour, hour and a half, maybe two, and I'd have seen exactly what we need to fix, how we need to fix it, how we need to go about it. Okay. And so, yeah, I think that's where I draw my inspiration from is, is the ability to be able to to work on multiple projects at the same time. Meanwhile, being able to experience completely different things on every single site. Wow, that is so amazing. Yeah. And 
What do you wish you had known before embarking on your construction business? Are there, are there lessons that you wish you had learned before? Before, oh. before challenging your dad and saying, I'm taking over, I'm doing a hostile takeover. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish um, I, I wish my mentor had, had 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 really dived deeper into how lonely entrepreneurship really is. You know, um, he he said it to me in passing one day. We're having coffee, and he said, "Are you ready?" And I said, "Well, what do you mean?" He said, "Well, entrepreneurship is is a lonely space." And at the time, I was like, "Yeah, whatever. Like, let's just get this thing going." Um, but like, you know, being a business owner. Yeah. You, you you really do, or an entrepreneur, you don't have to be a business owner, if you're just any entrepreneur, it's really, really a lonely space. Um, yeah. Always walking, you're literally always walking alone. You know, when you when you need advice, nine times out of 10, you pay for it. Um, and and the, the, the free advice, when you're sitting alone at night, you're like, hi, Mara, was this really advice? Or is this, <laughs> is this, is this silence sabotage? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, just the free advice is often that's, that's the thing advice is very generic where paid advice mm. is very specific to your individual your right and this is why I think most entrepreneurs are willing to pay for advice mm. and pay for things mm. because it's like you don't have the time and energy for generic stuff you just don't mm. Yeah. Opila Haiwan is not advice, guys. Oh, shut uh, that thing down. Shut that thing ish. down and go find a job. Oh, oh. I, I got told early, but in trip, I let's pop out. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Is this. Is you killed me. You've just landed a hundred thousand rand project with ten percent profit in it. So you have ten thousand more to add to me area to celebrate. Yeah? How <laughs> is this advice? <laughs> no, guys, it doesn't That's work it. like that. Yeah. That's the thing. Must you've got a PO. Don't you have a PO? You know, yeah. I have also a PO. What is Usha? You want to play with the big boys? You're in. Eh? <laughs> no, it doesn't look like That's that. That's why you buy a rover before you build anything. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. Ah, oh. Oh. That actually triggers me when I see people do that, eh? It's so sad. Just, None it's of that advice that is given. So when someone earns that money, they forget that you only have 10,000 rand out of that as your own money. So they just like, yes. it's my money. Everything is mine. Yeah. So, Construction yeah. tavern, guys. Have you seen a tavern owner on Monday morning after month end? Yeah. He's, yeah. Holding, that, he's holding that money like this. Yeah. yeah. And it goes like... Only that much is his. Yeah. He needs to pay SAB, he must pay everyone who's cleaning there, he needs to pay the DJ, he needs to pay the lights, he needs to pay, guys. Turnover is not profit, guys. Turnover is not, not profit. profit. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I think Thank someone you. 
say it. People are so big on turnover. Uh, yeah. Sometimes your turnover can be sky high and your profit is so low. Or your losses are so high along with your turnover. You know how many businesses are running out here on losses? They're running as, run, as, as ongoing concerns, you know? Absolutely. Yes, there's turnover, but when you look at the financials, there's no profit there. Absolutely. There's no profits. Yeah. Guys, making money is hard. It is difficult to make money. <laughs> it, no, I, I'm not sure if I'm on board with that one 100%. I'm <laughs> 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 Making money is hard. I'm going to say it again because people think that the easiest way to make money is to run, is to own your own business. Ah, let me become an entrepreneur. Pa, 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 I'm going to be a millionaire. Ah, no. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, well, I've heard cry about the fact that people on here talk about having paychecks. Uh, I like you. What I would uh, do if I had guys, like I, I dream. <laughs> I have a friend. I have a, I have a friend of mine who says, you know, he's 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 in the he, he works in the banking environment, and they and they give out um, funding. And he, he always says, you know, he says, once, once he hears someone, once he says to someone, he says, what would you do if I was to give you 10 million right now? You know? And he says, as soon as he hears someone say, he knows what I know. This is not the right person to answer the radio show. You know, answer the radio at all. It's not the right person to answer the radio show. It's not the right person to answer the radio Rini came to be a comedian each day. It's so funny. I know. I keep thinking get tired. With that table on the roof, it's the first thing. That table on the roof, you go high. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Ready to spend in mindset. Oh. <laughs> That's so unfair. Mm. Anyway, yeah. then. <laughs> so, uh, Bernie, what do you think you still need to learn in construction? So much. So, 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 so much. So um, this industry is, is, is one of, of, of continual learning. There's new technologies that are coming up in construction that you continuously need to um, familiarize yourself with. Yes, the sure. basics will always be there, but there's, there's new building technologies at the moment, there's there's bricks that are that are, are being made out of recycling material. They are yeah. lightweight bricks. You can literally build a house in a day with those bricks. Yeah. Um, uh, in fact, we were part of a project in Sampson that used those bricks on the inside of the building. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, this this is literally one of those industries. If you stop learning, you will die. Um, it's not that sure. thing of ah, I, I know how to brick lay, I know how to plaster, I know how to run a team. There's mm. new technologies that are coming out. Um, so estimating softwares, project management software, sure. you are always, 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 always learning. So, okay. and that's what a lot of those books are actually like project management books, conflict resolution okay. books. Um, and, oh, yeah, that's the other thing, you know, um, being in this industry because you're dealing with a QS who's who's very well educated. You have a conversation with him, and then you turn literally after speaking to the QS, you turn and you speak to someone who dropped out of school in grade ten. Right, and you're trying to mediate the, the, these two people in terms of 
trying to right. get this guy to understand what this guy wants him to do. Mm-hmm. So you you definitely have to study way outside of construction. You have to read psychology books, conflict resolution, sociology books, you know, yeah. you, just to understand the human mind and be yeah. able to understand people as people, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, sure, j- just today, uh, I was following up with, with, with one of our, our subcontractors who we're trying to get him to, to, to go back and fix something that wasn't quite done right. And, you know, he, he doesn't want to go back. So now we must, we must go back as, as a business because it's our reputation that's on the line. He doesn't care. Um, as soon as I'm finished speaking to him, I'll, I'll go on to WhatsApp and there he's posted a status. As, as soon as a black man can afford to buy his bread, he forgets about other human beings. I'm like, come on, man. You know, just... From, from trying to get you to, to do what you promised to do and what you were paid to do. Now I'm the bad guy. Yeah. So it's able to understand those kind of dynamics, you know. And if you're only going to be like, I know not, I'm only reading QS books, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm you, you're going to miss the boat. I'm under- oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I've been exposed to t- alternative technology. Didn't we have an alternative technology person in episode three, actually, yeah, mm. hundred oh, years yeah. ago. That was Swanile, right? Swanile, yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, she she uses mm. something that uses panels, and it looks like, you know, it's infused like yeah. a cement, and then it hardens. I don't know what oh, wow. it is called, but wow. it's an alternative, yeah, an alter- yeah. alternative building yeah. material. Mm. Mm. Very very. Yeah these bricks actually a friend of mine was telling me about them the mm-hmm. recycling uh, the bricks that are being made of recycling materials mm-hmm. I, um, I think it may be the company that is shared was a company here in Cape Town that mm-hmm. is um, doing this is it green? Is, a set mm-hmm. I think it's a green and does it start with the letter C I have to <laughs> I remember, like for me, yeah. I was so fascinating, and then I yeah. went on the website and looked and completely forgot after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a set of sisters who are who have got yeah. a who've got a recycling plant. They just refuse to get back to me. Um, really? They do, yeah, recycled plastic uh, bricks. Wow. But yeah. wait, they will get to our podcast. So, what? What construction resource would you like to share with one young man that's listening to you right now, Brini, and say, this is where you go to, or this is a podcast or a YouTube or a book or a place to go to to learn about construction? So there's a lot of um, online online stuff when it comes to construction. Sure. And I would, I would, I would strongly recommend that Anyone that wants to get into this game first starts by learning construction contracts, right? Understand understand the contractual side of it before you get into the, the game itself because contracts have killed a lot of contractors um, just from not understanding it. And then the, what is meant to be a profitable project runs quickly into losses uh, yeah. because of penalties and not understanding how the proper claim procedures work and all of that. Um, but as a resource itself, there's no greater resource um, than a mentor. Find yourself um, someone who's in the game already, uh, someone you. that you look up to, and 
understand what it is that you want from that mentor. Tell him up front, these are my expectations. Can you help or can you not help? Don't waste mm-hmm. your time trying to please someone by saying, ah, oh, yeah, I have a mentor, but you're gaining absolutely nothing from them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, so amazing. So amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Brittany, how, yes. why did you say yes to the podcast? How was your intention for coming on the podcast? And you can say, I want to connect with more investors. I want new clients. And then tell us how people can get hold of you. Okay, cool. Thanks, Fun. So I agreed to come onto the podcast because I really, really enjoy telling my story. Um, mm. You know, whilst we lived in Blegauri, uh, we lived in the back room. And in that back room was my mother, my father, my brother, my sister, and her daughter. Um, mm. I mean, when we would go to bed, I would, I would pull the, we, my brother and I would pull the mattress out from underneath my parents' bed because it was sitting on bricks. Absolutely. And literally would, would sleep with our feet underneath the bed. And yeah. um, when, I, when I would study, I'd, I'd, I'd go into the bathroom, close the door, and use the washing basket as, as, as my desk, right? To be able to, to, to put the books and I'll sit so, on the toilet. So, um, and and, and that's, that's why I, I enjoy coming on shows like this or coming on to podcasts like yeah. this. It, it, for me, it's not, it's not about selling my business. That's what I do nine to five. I'm a salesman. Um, I, I go out there, I, I have people that work with me that sell, you know, if people want to go out there and research our business, that's great. But I'm here to tell a story and I'm here to tell the black child that it is possible. You can do it. You're not, you're not confined to that room that you're in at the moment. I mean, I used to sit in a taxi and I would see a car that I wanted to own. I'd close my eyes and I'd imagine myself driving it. I, I, I had a mood board, and, and it's small things that we that we um, take for granted. Yeah. I had a mood board, you know. Everyone always said, "Oh, have a mood board, have a mood board." I had a mood board, and 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 I hit every single one of my goals. But you did. With everything I wanted to do at a certain age, I hit every single one of those goals because so, I'd wake up every day, I'd look at that mood board, and I say, "I'm going to own this house, I'm going to own this car, I'm going to own that bicycle." I detailed my life to the T. And yeah. I didn't deviate, you know, and I, I sacrificed what needed to be sacrificed. I don't know what it's like to be a teenager in the clubs up until three o'clock in the morning, partying my ass off. I don't, you know, yeah. um, I've worked my whole life, you know, sure. Um, sure. but now, now I'm able to, to, to say to my family on a Sunday evening, why don't yeah. we, why don't we catch a plane and go to Durban tomorrow for a week? Yeah. You know on, a ma- wow. on a Sunday, yeah. On a Sunday, Monday, yeah. while you guys are fighting traffic there, I, I'm, tra- I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to catch uh, that 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 flight, man. You know, in you short, know. <laughs> <laughs> in I short. like this very much. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I love that. And people. <laughs> And it's, 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 not to, it's not to say that I don't work anymore. Trust me, while I'm in the shorts on my back, I've got my laptop, you know. Yeah. As soon as I get there, I'm going to work. But I've invested the time early, you know. Um, mm. Everyone who everyone who enjoyed their, 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 their life, uh, their youthful lives from 18 to 30, partying it up, 
And now at 30, they realize, oh, you know, I should probably stop renting and buy a house. I should probably buy a car. I should probably do this. I should probably do that. Um, situations aren't the same. Let me stop there. Yeah. yeah. Situations aren't the same. But as they say, the harder you work, the luckier you get, you know? And it's something, <laughs> something that I keep posting often is don't forget that I'm still working my ass off for that overnight success because that's how it's going to happen. One day yeah. you're going to be a millionaire or a multi-billionaire and people are going to say, oh my word, Miso got so lucky. She just blew up overnight. I know, hey. Yeah? Where were they when you were doing these podcasts? Little old Brini from ABV Construction. Little eh? old Brini. I'm saying, you know. And don't say little about ABV. ABV is 10 <laughs> years old. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Good Thank gosh. You so yes. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Gonzalo. I read a stat thing that says, Businesses don't last. And also just knowing from being in business school that most businesses don't make it through the first year and very few businesses make it past the three-year mark. Yeah. So if yeah. your business makes it through the three-year mark, you're, you're going strong. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You are. Yes. You are. So, yes. Brini, this has been amazing. Do you oh, want yes. to tell us? You can contact him, yeah, that's what I wanted to oh, ask. Oh, yes, yes. So, you yeah, want to so, tell our listeners, someone is listening and thinking, okay, a grade eight, grade nine construction company, I'd love ABV to take on my project. So tell us. Okay, so we're not a grade eight or a grade nine yet. So we're working towards that. Uh, <laughs> we actually have our application in now for a grade six. Um, okay, so we'll be a grade awesome. six contractor uh, in the next 21 days or so. Sure. So if anyone out there is looking for a grade six contractor, they can most definitely contact us on our landline, which is 011-305-2339. I'll say that again slowly for someone who doesn't want to rewind this podcast. Be like, hey, this guy speaks so fast. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 011-305-2339. Or anyone can log on to our website at any given time which is wah, 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 www.abvconstruction.co.za. We are also on Facebook, which is ABV okay. Construction. And then we are also on Instagram, which is oh, ABV Construction. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We got to follow you. All right. Really, this has been such an amazing, amazing um, podcast. And, and, and thank you yeah. for sharing and you've made construction so palatable, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, um, thanks. Um, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, what? Has. I say you've kept us interested. Like, I'm like, wow. Oh, yes. wow. thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Oh, it's, yeah. it's always great to be on these kind of platforms, you know. Yeah. Um, information is free. You know, information really is free. That's and it. We need to, and we need to share it. You know, and while I'm saying that, let's call let's call um, let's call our, our fellow brothers and sisters out there that are charging people thousand five hundred to register a business, one thousand five hundred to register CIDB. Guys, please stop these things. People need a hand up. They need real assistance. You know, there's other places you can capitalize. Don't capitalize on the man that's just trying to get, him, get himself on his feet. You know, um, yeah. Let's let us be of, of one spirit, one nation, one love. Yep. yep. Thank you. So, 
My next, uh, sorry, that's it for questions. Why did I say my next question? <laughs> Thank you so much, Property Magicians. Thank you so much, Mizo. Thank you, Brinny. And mm-hmm. Property Magicians, if you guys are listening in, remember we are sponsored by the Wealthy Ones Property Stockpile. We are now fundraising for deal number four. We are teaming up with Nisiwe um, too. Uh, holdings and they are doing a development over in Sakunda in Pumalanga. We raised 1.2 million, so 1,192,000 for deal number three for their fir- for the first round of funding them. We're now raising the remaining 1 million rand. We've teamed up with Saki Sizwe. We will be fundraising up until March 18th, so Friday, March 18th. So if you want to be part of that deal, it has a 17% return on investment in a year. So you'll get your money, your capital and interest back in a year. Check it out. Go to Stockfella. You can download Stockfella on your on any of your phones on iStore. Download it on Huawei. In, uh, go to Petal Search and also downloaded on Android under Google Play, right? So go to the Play Store and download Stockfella. If you're based in South Africa, Namibia, Swaziland, and Lesotho, you can use the Stockfella app to join the Wealthy Ones Property Stockfell and to make your contribution to this particular deal. If you're not based in any of these countries, which we have a fair amount of members that are not, probably 50-50 at this point, then you can go to wealthy-money.com forward slash stockpile. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash stockpile. Stockpile is S-T-O-K-V-E-L. And you can see how you can be part of this deal if you're not based in these four countries. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. We look forward to hearing your thoughts on this episode. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page, or find me on Twitter and Instagram as Vangile Makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians Podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, 
inbox me at miranda at wealthymoney.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.